Daikaiju Network podcast where we have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju. I am your co-host, Kent, and with me is your other co-host. Jason, how's it going, everyone? And so here we are. We are going to discuss the next block of three Spectre Man episodes. We are covering episodes seven through nine here. Uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Yes. Uh, if you're <laughs> watching this uh, or listening to this either today or tomorrow, uh, if you're watching or listening to us after Halloween, uh, ignore that part. So before we continue, uh, Jason, is there any housekeeping we need to do? Yeah, definitely some uh, housekeeping. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, make sure to hit the uh, the like button as well as the subscribe button. If you see the, uh, the red button down below the uh, video there to subscribe to our channel as well as hit the notification bell icon to make sure you get any new notifications whenever we go live or upload any new videos uh in the future uh and as far as uh, uh finding us uh you can find us everywhere in one place at our uh, link tree uh url uh, right there on your screen link tree slash uh daikaiji network and uh besides uh youtube we're on the uh, other video platforms listed here, uh, Twitch and uh, Facebook Live, uh, all three of those were streaming live. And as far as Rumble, uh, we uh, don't stream live there, but our uh, episodes that we do live every other Sunday will be available there a day after. And as far as audio versions of our platforms were available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as TuneIn. And you can find both video and audio versions of our episodes at our own website at daikaijunetwork.com. And so one thing, I, uh, Jason, I forgot to bring up before we started was that uh, because it's our last show of October, we usually do a big end of the year special. Uh, I want you to start thinking about some things we could do slash discuss for our end of the year episode coming up in about two months, almost exactly. So I'll I'll tr I'll try to come up with something uh, uh, if I don't have any. You know, I have one idea. Getting in the way. I have one idea already that I will discuss with you after the show here that I want you to be thinking about a few things anyway. So uh, with that, are we ready to go in and discuss episodes seven through nine of Spectre Man? I can't really think of uh, anything else off the top of my head. So why don't we just go right into the meat and potatoes of the episode? <laughs> All right, so episode seven is titled The Black Terror. Um, <laughs> mine, is, uh, go, mine is Go Kinosaurus Part One, Smog City. <laughs> okay, so, so um, I'm going to start off by saying that this block, block of three episodes um, is continuing some of the crazy elements that we have seen thus far with in the previous six episodes of Spectre Man. And not only that, I almost get this idea that I think the writers and producers of the show by this point in the production of the series started to do something that I was begging uh, Super Riot Productions to do with Ultra 7, and that, that is to begin to really embrace what you are and, and mainly kind of a goofy superhero uh, show. And to go along with that, now granted, Spectre Man, from the very get-go, has 
and very goofy and just outlandish in its storytelling and its uh, villains and kind of their, their MO and what have you. The thing is, is that there was always this underlying story element of them using Earth's pollution against humanity in order to eventually take over Earth. And to some degree, that still is in play here, as we'll discuss even with this particular episode, because I don't think in episodes 8 and 9, the pollution aspect um, really plays out to the extent that it does with, with episode 7 here. Um, but I think what they're doing is they're finally finding their footing. Uh, as I've discussed on previous podcasts before, or when we're talking about TV series, usually the first handful or so of any TV series can be kind of rough because they haven't found their footing yet. They, they aren't exactly sure how to approach uh, the story. They aren't exactly sure how to approach some of the characters. And, you know, they're just kind of getting the, the hang of it finally after a certain point. And usually kind of when you get between episodes five and ten of a series, you can begin to tell that they are finding their groove. They are beginning to... Um, they're beginning to develop a way of telling their story is the way that they want to and that they're comfortable at and good at, regardless of whether or not you yourself uh, enjoy doing that. And so, so here, um, what we get in a general sense with Episode 7 is that Dr. Gory sends cars once again in human clothing. Uh, this whole shenanigan thing, I roll my my eyes at that, but I've learned to accept it. <laughs> um, he goes in and unleashes this smog, which has this individual uh, uh, freaking out when it's dark, but also finding out that, that one of the human's biggest fears are cockroaches. And after that, that, it's not really about the smog, which takes up the first maybe 25% of the Yeah. Um, it ends up becoming getting a cockroach, turning it into gigantic proportions, and unleashing it on Tokyo. Yeah, uh, let me just uh, interject a little bit, because your audio is just still... <laughs> Every time you talk, it just gets garbled and everything, so let me just uh, interject here uh, a little bit, just kind of make sure your audio kind of gets cleared up uh, here. Yeah, as far as uh, the beginning of episode seven, you had uh, the uh, the climate team. Um, I sort of forget right now what they're called, but uh, they're on top of this uh, building here, uh, studying the smog and everything. All of a sudden, uh, smog just uh, suddenly clears up from the city, and then uh, of course Joji suspects that Doctor Gory's behind doing things, and then you had. Uh, Pretty much see Kara's capturing all the smog in this uh, small little capsule and everything. And then uh, Dr. Gori uh, hands Kara's this, it's like some kind of disc that's just concentrate, like smog concentrate. And then had uh, had him go out and unleash it. And then you had uh, Kara's go into this government building, unleashing it uh, on a uh, kind of a government personnel and everything. He had the the climate team going and investigate. 
And for some reason with this uh, government guy who's taken to the hospital and just kind of uh, get uh, examined and everything, like for some strange reason, whenever they turn off the light, he just starts to panic (laughs) and everything. I'm not entirely sure, um, like sort of the meaning behind that. Maybe I'm guessing how how much it's spectrum like man. The smog that's all you need to know <laughs> like the smog or anything and then yeah like what you mentioned um afterwards that uh, dr gory uh basically you know experiments with cockroaches and saying that these uh insects are pretty much the things that humans are afraid of and everything and then you pretty much don't really hear anything on the smog or anything hence uh the name of for my uh dvd with with the saying smog city it doesn't really relate <laughs> much after after a few or so minutes into the episode and then uh basically it comes in with the the main title uh antagonist uh kaiju gokinosaurus which, by the way, I have to say this about the name Gokinosaurus. Anyone who's familiar with dinosaurs understands that the suffix saurus means lizard or reptile. Mm-hmm. Why is a cockroach given a saurus as part of the suffix of its name? I'm, I'm, this I'm is just, what we're dealing with, folks, <laughs> as far as Spectre Man. <laughs> yeah, it's just something that. Uh, I would say the writers uh, there think, oh, probably just sounds cool or something at the time. I'm sure, it, yeah. It, it's also part of the uh, the name for the original uh, title for this uh, episode. Well, no, uh, episode seven is uh, for uh, the original Japanese title is called The Killer Smog, and then episode eight is Gokinosaurus. Yeah, and, and and I understand that their main audience is children, mm. um, you know, and and trying to sound cool and have cool looking things. That's basically what you want in kids shows. I mean, that's kind of what it's all about. But at the same time, I think there's there's a line that should be drawn too. It's like okay. You, you don't call a giant cockroach a name followed by the suffix saurus because that's inaccurate. It's mm-hmm. it's. It is. So <laughs> well, my response to it is it's just a kid's show. So <laughs> I know, but still it's wrong is what I'm saying too. Um, with, with all this though, I have to say that this has always been what Spectre Man has been about. And it feels like we've gotten further into this series than what we actually have. To me, it feels like we've done 15 or so of these episodes and no, we're just now getting, we're, we're, we're starting to wrap up the single digit number episodes starting uh, again with, to some of the good stuff. And, you know, this is what Spectre man's been all about. And yeah, I, I, I will criticize, you know, this episode and some of the future episodes, including in this block that we're about to discuss for asinine things, because I think, you know, as part of our job as podcast, <coughs> oh, Lord. Um, is, is to try to be, as objective as we possibly can and to kind of let the listeners and viewers know what they're getting themselves into should they go after these shows and these movies. Um, But at the same time, as I've always stated too, 
I like some of that crazy stuff. I mainly watch these movies to have and shows to have a good time. With that said, though, you know my my um, you know my suspense suspension of disbelief can only go so far uh you know because i am a dinosaur lover when you call a giant cockroach a gokinosaurus i'm like no like no that's wrong <laughs> like you know it's just like all of a sudden everything stops like it's like you're in a car and you slam the brakes and you know you're getting the whiplash moment if you, if you, and, just, if you just call it go kino i would be fine with it but yeah with right or go added, or whatever like with with source added to it i probably said the source there but i meant to say source you know what but, uh, you would <laughs> You wouldn't be even more wrong than what them calling Gokinosaurus. Yeah. Might as well call yeah. it Thesaurus. <laughs> Thesaurus. <laughs> but yeah, if, if they just call it Gokino, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, and I don't know. And again, it's a kid show, and, and I understand the production time of, of a lot of these kids shows was very, very short uh, to begin with and all that. But, but with um, this show I, and the other show that we're reviewing, they're <laughs> – really really long even longer like just uh specter man itself it's even longer than ultraman <laughs> the original oh well, yeah and ultra seven yeah uh but you know here's the thing um these two series that we're covering even though we've made fun of them at times and have heavily criticized them for various things at points i think it's safe for me to say that we've both enjoyed them and even though the last episode that we did here a few weeks ago we both said at this moment in time we would both prefer common rider over spectrum man at this point that could change i'm willing to say it after watching these three episodes of specter man that specter man i think is finally starting to catch its groove like i discussed here a number of minutes ago that the writers and the producers and all that are kind of saying look yeah we have this underlying message about pollution we still may incorporate that but i think at this point going forward that's going to take maybe we'll find out as time goes on that may take more of a back seat and it's just going to be like an Ultraman type mm-hmm. of series. And I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, Ultra seven going to, to that abomination, that thing really, I, I don't think ever fully embraced the goofiness that it really was. Or it, it it to try try to be serious. Yeah. That and it just try to find its uh, identity going back and forth, like you said, with the at times going with the serious tones, and then at other times with some comedy in there. Yeah, it it just and then the story itself throughout uh, the show, it just seemed, yeah, they just seemed like they just didn't quite know. what to pinpoint exactly or I'm gonna how, say, how it, they wanted to identify the show. I'm going to say something that I don't know if I ever said when we discussed that series is that I think Ultra 7 is a very pretentious show. It, it tried and thought it was more than it actually was. Mm-hmm. And 
I know some may be tired of us comparing some of the shows that we've recently discussed with that, but I think Ultra 7 is the perfect example of a show that became very pretentious and tried to be more than what it actually was and didn't embrace just the inherent silliness. And yeah, Spectre Man at times is a mess. We've already discussed some of that stuff. Uh, Common Rider at times is a mess too, but they're fun messes. I have fun watching most of these episodes of these two shows. Ultra 7 I rarely had fun with because that was something that really tried to be more than it was. It it, it It's sort of like... I, I don't know, an adult dressing up as a member of the Paw Patrol, acting all serious, but not realizing that, no, you are a character off a kid's show, mm-hmm. you know, that drives a special vehicle that can do things that regular vehicles to some degree cannot do, you know, and that's what Ultra 7 was, you know, and look, here's the thing, you know, my biggest problem with this particular episode of Spectre Man is that they called a giant cockroach Gokinosaurus. It's wrong, but I'm willing to look past that because you know why? I'm having fun with this episode and I like the giant cockroach suit. The suit looks fantastic. It moves well. The mandible part and the way the wings operate work really well too um i like this i'm not a fan of necessarily giant bug fair because i think it's too easy of a thing to pick out as far as villains go but um, sometimes the design for the suit the insect suit like this one for example sometimes doesn't always turn out as good as they originally and not just that just the idea of a giant insect is too easy you know, because or sometimes complex. <laughs> well, it's easy in that, like, okay, you're sitting around at a writer's table and you're trying to find out or figure out what you want to write a movie about, or you want to have a giant villain of some sort. Oh, people hate insects. Let's take a look at oh, giant fly or a giant spider or something like that. It's too easy instead of sitting down trying to come up with something a little bit more original. And I'm fine with the occasional giant insect thing. It's, the problem is, is that when at least in Western cinema, when you go back to the 40s and 50s and even 60s, um, you find that giant insect films are a plenty. <laughs> I mean, I've even got some on my shelves back here, and yeah, some of them are fun, no no doubt about that. But I enjoy the stuff that has more originality to them when they come up with their creatures. But here for the purpose of Spectre Man, the giant cockroach suit uh, is fantastic, and I think the final battle is a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, I would say the – the battle before uh, part one ends. It basically is to where that, of uh, course, Kara, uh, Karas kidnaps Rita as usual, and then you had uh, Gokinosaurus uh, uh, capturing uh, Nikaya there, who is the uh, the government personnel who's got infected by the smog concentrate and, and just panics after. Uh, Getting into dark, um, like uh, dark rooms or anything of that sort. When it, when a room becomes dark, uh, from from that reaction. And uh, the one thing I wanted to point out, since we haven't discussed this, and I know Kent um, 
I think I know where you're going. Kind of, kind of want to uh, wants to get into this too. Is that uh, Overlord uh, again? He uh, orders uh, Joji that he wants to uh, that they want to experiment on uh, Nakaya there to uh, uh, figure out the uh, what's causing like the effects and everything on this uh, uh, smog concentrate they had. So basically, sacrificing. <laughs> the guy like uh, a couple or so episodes ago and uh i'll just uh sort of uh, like kent just kind of uh go on a little bit of a rant on this one so <laughs> okay here's the thing it's gonna get worse because this is part one of a two-part episode the overlord is gonna take it one extra person further in the next episode where he's gonna say again okay uh, i forget the other person like Rita or someone else like the overlord again adds another person saying oh they're expendable like having like two people die to save the whole of humanity is better than having you know obviously the whole of humanity die just to save two people and so I got this weird thing in my head going where I'm going okay then overlord we've heard this from you before by your logic you will continue this stupid game of saying one person being killed for your own maniacal purposes is better than the rest. So, okay, let's just assume Joji does follow along with your sick, twisted plan and does so. And he keeps bringing one person in after another each episode. We do this about five billion times. Oops, we're down to the last two people on Earth. What the hell is going to happen now? <laughs> like, are you going to be like, we'll sacrifice this one person to save one? Well, it's too late. The human race is basically dead because you can't fill the earth with more people with just one person. So you guys are awful. And <laughs> I, I, I'm so desperately hoping that as this series progresses, and I don't think it's actually going to happen, but I would like for it to happen – I want Spectre Man to turn on the Overlord and to have the battle there because this Overlord throughout the course of just at this point, seven episodes, soon to be eight and maybe nine, <laughs> is I think even more sick and twisted than Dr. Gory is because – He's always like, oh, you disobey and this and that. He's getting mad at Spectre Man. And like I said, I think uh, in our last Spectre Man discussion, I said, dude, that's your fault. You built this guy. Isn't it your fault? It's like Dr. Gory getting mad at Karas, but yet he still continues to entrust Karas with mm -hmm. these jobs. And then at the same time, they seem to forget, oh, Spectre Man has done good, and then for Dr. Gory's position, Karis busted him out of prison on their home planet and helped him get off their home planet. So these guys aren't actually total buffoons and incompetent mm -hmm. at what they do. So I hate the Overlord. I consider them a bigger threat to humanity than Dr. Gory, to be quite honest, because this guy is out for blood. I mean, he just almost every episode is like, no, like, kill them. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Just, just kill this person. And I was like, we'll just, just, we'll just, we'll just experiment on the the causes slash effects on this particular uh, 
situation that this one person has and we'll just uh we'll just uh sort of dispose of them afterwards once we uh, figure things out <laughs> well and i just <sighs> instead of just uh healing them right there finding the antidote and healing the person and then you have uh i would say ground zero for the like the true antidote or something <laughs> And, you know, my my mind went to the fact you were talking about disposing of them. Okay, so let's say he has Nakaya up in the ship and they experiment. They're like, done. They dispose of him by opening up a chute in the spaceship and just push him out. So you see this body (laughs) plummeting towards her. Someone's driving in the car and right on the windshield. Or or like, I think they're in outer space. Just, just shoot them into outer space. That makes too much sense. These overlords are so sick and twisted. I think they would want to put another person in danger. They'll be like, oh, this person got into a bad car accident. Send them up here so we can figure out what's going on. And then they do it all again. Push them out. Oh, no. Someone else got into a boat accident. Let's bring them up do it again <laughs> it's this domino effect of the overlord just you know i don't know maybe he's like leatherface he's just gonna carve them up one at a time and put the fate you know their skin on his face or something i don't know i mean i don't like the overlord this overlord is not a good guy and i think it says something about who you are as an individual if the cyborg that you built has more moral character than you do. <laughs> yeah, and then towards the end, where uh, part one ends for this episode, going into episode eight, that uh, Spectre Man is kind of uh, stuck in, in a rock in a hard place trying to f- figure <laughs> out uh, who to save, either Rita or uh, Nakaya. And um, I'm not going to spoil it too much but i think some of you might know who's he's going to be uh, saving here coming uh, episode eight so i'll just save that in a few minutes <laughs> yeah we might as well wrap up this episode so you got final thoughts and a rating here <laughs> uh final thoughts on this one uh i'd say with episode seven uh it's i think as you mentioned earlier in the episode that they seem to uh, the writers and the staff behind the show, I think they've finally starting to realize of where they where they want to go with the entire series for this one and and uh, making the story kind of going that route too and making the story uh, start uh, start to be really good for that matter. And I think it's been consistent throughout these three episodes as far as the story goes and making things a little bit more consistent. Um, and I think they, and find starting to finally get a formula uh, at this point in time where they're having uh, more of the giant kaiju in here compared to the handful of the uh, first uh, six episodes, but I think five or six started to get to that route. Uh, starting to get their uh, kind of the whole formula for the show come together here. And uh, uh, although the first few minutes with this one, I think they were wanting to go somewhere, but then it just seemed like uh, 
they sort of forgot afterwards. I think that'd be the one thing they'll give uh, a little bit of a dean uh, on this episode. But I would say uh, the rest of it is pretty good uh, that they're uh, finally getting uh, a giant kaiju in here, although it's a uh, cockroach and everything. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's starting to become pretty good. So with this episode here, I would give it a B plus. All right. You know, one thing, though, that has always stuck with me so far after the first nine episodes of Spectre Man. What's that? Kara stepping on people's heads and smashing them into their bodies. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. All right. It's becoming even more obvious by this point that the overlords are homicidal maniacs that are willing to let quite a few people die in order to save the majority of the human race. Such a stance explains itself as to how asinine such a philosophy is, but I kept playing this goofy game in my head that the overlords will gradually allow more, more and more persons to be slaughtered to save humanity until they're down to the final two people on Earth. Then what? Anyways, it's weird that the cockroach is named Gokinosaurus, considering that the suffix saurus means lizard or reptile, and, and well, cockroaches aren't reptiles. I do, however, like the giant cockroach suit. It's weird, too, that it appears the smog was used to find out what humans find to be repulsive instead of using the smog itself as a weapon. The episode, despite its incredible goofiness and flawed writing and logic, is pretty fun. I gave it a B-. And so, on to episode 8, titled Duel Gokinosaurus. And mine is just Kokinosaurus Part 2, The Human Subject Directive. <laughs> Some of these titles. Um, oh, yeah. All right, why don't, you, why don't you tell us what happens here? Yeah, so basically uh, this episode just leaves off where uh, Episode 7 uh, ended there um, with uh, Spectre Man. Uh, trying to figure out who to save. And, of course, uh, he decides to go and save uh, Rita here instead of uh, uh, Nakaya there. And uh, Overlord is like, no, you, you better say this guy. Just let <laughs> Rita, just leave Rita to her fate, <laughs> basically, is what he actually said. And to be honest, he, here's the uh, thing, though. I will say this. Rita, uh, other than being used as a damsel in distress most of the time, really serves no, serves no other major purpose for the series. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then with Karis being a gorilla, I mean, you get that uh, trope with the King whole Kong gorilla uh, capture, uh, kidnapping a, a damsel in distress uh thing so it's they kind of want to have that sort of trope and it makes no sense uh, it's never explored or explained <laughs> yeah uh and then with specter man or joji still resisting overlords uh, orders he uh, term terminates his uh, mission and everything and uh forces specter man to change back into joji and i like this i like this part where <laughs> Joji uh, uh, goes after Rita and tries to confront I'm glad you like that, Karis. too. <laughs> <laughs> that is a highlight. I'm like, oh, like, you stupid, like, stupid man. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
It's like Joji tried to uh, beat him up, hit him with like a huge like log, and as well as it just breaks over. Bowler, which I head. have no idea why he had the strength to do it. It's like this the the bowler is probably about like that big around. I mean, if it's that big around, it's like even you or I, and maybe like even a strong dude who's probably lifted quite a bit of re- uh, weights, they probably wouldn't even be able to like pick up that sort of <laughs> rock that because rocks are really heavy for that matter. And yet he was able to carry it all the way from downhill <laughs> and tries to uh, uh, knock Karis uh, out with it, and Karis just like basically chops the rock in half. What does it say about me? Beat the crap out of Joji for like, I would say four minutes tops. What does it say about me though that I found some sick fun out of that? Because not only was Joji just so stupid to believe in the first place that he could take on Karis in his human form, but the fact that the way they go about filming him like you were talking about this log and then several rocks and boulders <laughs> like Karis is just boom boom and part of me was wanting to just see Joji's face all bloodied and like <laughs> and, and and with uh, Karis just while he has uh, one hand occupied you know, trying to hold on to Rita he's just standing there is like sort of uh, bitch slapping <laughs> Joji he just like flies back two to three so feet <laughs> and here's the thing Karis is an alien so he might even be stronger than a regular gorilla which gorillas on earth are how many times stronger than a man chimpanzees are 10 times stronger than a regular man gorillas have to be like 80 times stronger than a man it's like you stupid idiot you're going after not just a gorilla which by itself could lift you over its head and like break you in half without too much of a problem you're going after an alien gorilla which could even be stronger i mean what you have no gun on you you have no you have no real weapon and you're using rotten logs you're somehow able to lift up 200 pound boulders you're using regular rocks you're slow and stupid i mean just (laughs) what the hell were you thinking i don't understand it but i found some sick fun in watching that because it was so stupidly entertaining i'm like yeah beat him up (laughs) (laughs) and then i think it gets to the point to where that uh when joji finally uh is no longer to really get up or anything that it seems that uh, Overlord felt pity for <laughs> for Joji. It's like, okay, I'll give you back the powers, but on one condition, you still have to bring the guy guy up no matter what, so we can experiment on him. Now, what does this remind you of? Uh, I'm guessing there are so many things, but I can't really think of what you're thinking of. It, it's either episode five or six of Spectre Man, in which they exile him. Oh, then they get yeah. mad at him for having Karis and the other gorilla there. And they're like, well, you weren't supposed to have friends with you, so we will give you your powers back. But you got to go back to Earth and finish your job. It's the exact same thing here. Although it's a little bit different where – Overlord basically felt pity 
for for uh, Joji or slash. Well, yeah, but man. it's the same thing. It's like okay, like you're in trouble. I took the powers away from you. That really was stupid of me because well, you're a superhero and I made you, and yet I'm punishing you and I'm watching you get your butt kicked for a while, and I'm just like, all right, all right. You're gonna have your powers back, but on one condition: you got you got to go make a beer run for me. Like I swear, the <laughs> Overlord, the Overlord has to be the villain in this series. I mean, think about it. Think about it. He exiles Spectre Man to this one planet, and not only gets mad at him, but watches him kind of get the crap kicked out of him for a bit before giving him his powers back and then saying on one condition though, okay, then Mm -hmm. something similar happens here, takes the powers away, watches him make a fool of himself, get the crap kicked out of him again, and then says, all right. You can have your powers back, but you need to do this other thing for me. I mean, doesn't that sound like an abusive relationship? And what are you supposed to do in abusive relationships? You're supposed to leave. It's just (laughs) – it just makes no sense. But but on that regard, later later on when uh, Spectre-Man – Kicks the crap out of Karas and as well as defeating uh, Gokinosaurus uh, later on in the episode. Uh, Joji doesn't really do anything yet again uh, for that matter. It's like he was going to – although this time he he was supposedly in episodes five and or six that he was going to do it. But then he sort of changed his mind after that. This, this time around, he completely – I would say he completely forgot about it <laughs> here, and then, uh, and then he had uh, Nakaya uh, being uh, taken away by uh, doctors or uh, the hospital in a uh, sort of a, an ambulance. I'm presuming that it was, and then uh, at the end, that the Overlord says to him, "Oh, uh, you know, with uh, the humans just." Uh, doing what we were supposed to do. Uh, everything's okie-dokie here, so we wouldn't have to make any sacrifices. <laughs> and not just that. He also says, I will forgive you of your disobedience this time. And I'm going, dude, we're eight episodes in. He's disobeyed you numerous times, and each time you've gotten pissed at him, and each time later you've said, I'll forgive you this time. They, they. This is not the first time it's this has happened. It's like this I'm not going to give you relationship a, here. Like I'm not going to give you a certain amount of strikes, and like this is strike two. You can't take this overlord seriously when it comes to doling out punishment. Other than the fact you darn well know that should he take your power away, yeah, he will watch you get your butt kicked for a while, and then feel that pity is one for thing you, given giving you the powers back, unless there's a condition or a catch twenty two. <laughs> you don't want to go get my groceries? Fine, get your ass kicked for a while. Okay, now I'll give you your powers back. Now will you go get my groceries? Like, <laughs> it just, I, I mean. <laughs> 
I, I, I hate the overlord. I mean, I hate the overlord more than I hate Dr. Gore, which is not supposed to happen because Dr. Gore is supposed to be the villain of the series. And it's like, no, it's these guys up here in space. But I mean, the but I mean with uh, Dr. Gore, at least you get uh, quite a bit of entertainment out of him with, with them doing all these uh, gestures and everything. Even Karis was starting to do it. <laughs> he was, yeah. That's the magical thing. Karis was doing them too in the spaceship, like in the middle part of the episode. But here's the thing you and i have spent how many minutes so far talking about the overlord and yeah we've mentioned dr gory's name but otherwise we have not discussed him at all in these first two episodes you want to know why because he's fine (laughs) i think there's more right insane with dr gory than there is with the overlord the overlord doesn't know what the hell he's doing dr gory yeah he may be a madman but everything makes sense (laughs) but it's like i the thing I've been telling you for many years that when it came to uh, Spectre Man, the only thing I can really think of coming out from watching this entire series was Dr. Gory himself just being so entertaining. I just really liked the character and the, the dubber that voices uh, Dr. Gory in here. It's, I would say... He's just one of the most fascinating fascinating characters in the entire tokusatsu uh, genre. Well, yeah, he is. And I think you and I discussed this before on a previous episode where, yeah, he's fantastic. But to me, the things I will not forget so far about this series – Again, Arkara stepping on people's heads and pushing them into their bodies. And just how awful the Overlord is. Just the fact that the Overlord, I think, is so much more of a villain than Dr. Gory. The other thing, too, is that uh, Arkara's disguising himself as a human with a lot of costumes and everything and not having anyone being suspect of Arkara's when he's disguised <laughs> to me for me that's secondary but yeah i will remember that too it's like i don't know like i don't know i i can't think of anything yeah. that would be a, a a perfect sort of comparison for but just <laughs> I, on the one hand i love this series because it is so just stupid in so many ways while entertaining but at the same time it is so frustrating as well especially when you're dealing with the overlords to me the overlords are the most frustrating thing about this entire series so far and if the overlords continue to act this way over because there's what 63 episodes or something like that of this show uh around that (laughs) uh vicinity yeah 63 if if we're going to continue to have this problem with the other however many episodes that are left, and it's a lot, I am going to go crazy because I cannot take any more of these overlords just being the worst. I mean they are – they make no sense. They are poorly written. They are, I think, more homicidal than Dr. Gory and Karasit are, and I Genocidal. just – I don't know what to make of them other than the fact that to me they come off as villains. They are bad guys as far as I'm concerned. It's just – if this was your karate sensei, 
quit the karate class because that's not a sensei. That nope. is a serial killer. <laughs> like you gotta get out of there. <laughs> this is not where you want to be. But yeah, when it comes to episode eight, there's really not much to add except for, uh, you know, as as we mentioned, Spectre Man still resisting Overlord's orders. Gets his powers taken away. Joji tries to confront Karth, but gets the crap beat out of him. Overlord pit- pities him, gives him his powers back with a catch twenty two. Uh, Again, Karas gets the the crap kicked out of him this time around. Again. Uh, and then uh, Doctor Gory sends out a little bit of a more powerful Gokino source, or just Gokino. Uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, the two, uh, Spectre Man and Gokino, uh, duke it out for the last time. Uh, Spectre Man defeats him, and uh, uh, Nakaya gets taken, escorted to the hospital. And Overlord is like, "Oh, everything's okie dokie. We don't have to sacrifice anyone." And that's it. The episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that that is. Yep. That is it. <laughs> so so if there's anything else you want to add or you want to just go into the final thoughts for episode eight yeah, let's go to final thoughts yeah so with this one uh again not not much to add for this one just a little bit more of an extension to episode seven uh to know what's going on after it left uh episode seven uh left off and uh yeah and then Everything went okie dokie. No sacrifices made uh, here. Um, sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think uh, everything gets wrapped up in this uh, two-parter um, episode here. So, um, and I don't know with the subject title for part two where it says uh, the human subject directive for my DVD. I'm not sure what that entails. Uh, for this one but yeah for this uh, episode 8 I would give it a B plus as well so I would uh, usually read what I wrote down but I'm seeing what I have written here basically things we have kind of discussed at length already for this episode so what I'm going to say is that um, very, very goofy silly episode the overlords are homicidal maniacs that need to be destroyed um, the fight with Managokinosaurus uh, is absolutely entertaining. And with all that said, at least when I got done watching the second episode for this batch here, it was re- beginning to remind me of the original Ultraman in many of its episodes, and also Johnny Saka when we covered that here a couple years ago. And that's a good thing, because I am a fan of those two shows, and I think those two shows, once again, by and large, fully embraced what they were and realized just how silly and goofy they were and went with it. And I think finally, Spectreman, hopefully, fingers crossed, that is going to continue to move forward as we go on with the final 43 episodes or however many we got left uh, to do in the series. And um, I, I just, I am beginning to start to fall in love with it. I think Common at this point may have some competition now with Spectre Man for me. Um, I really, really am 
starting to enjoy it. There's still some logical issues that are a little bit difficult for me to get past. But by and large, I like some of the stupid. On some level, I like stupid <laughs> as long as it's <laughs> done uh, in a way to where you can kind of tell that, that they understand what they're doing is stupid. And I think on some level, they do know that it's just batshit crazy. And I'm okay with that. This one, I'm giving it a B plus. I think it is a little bit better than what we got with the last episode. It reminded me more of the, the classic Ultraman and Johnny Sacco shows more, more uh, than the previous one. But again, they're, they're on the right path here. And as we'll discuss here with episode nine, I think they are finally starting to find their groove. And so that's kind of a spoiler alert as to kind of what I, I think about episode nine. But hopefully, as we move further uh, into the series, that they continue this trend because if they do, yeah, we're going to continue to have problems with logic and goofy stuff. But if they can make it fun, I'm willing to go with it. So I gave it a B plus. Yeah, and like what uh, Dwiggins uh, one here said, they love Spectre Man. That the Overlords uh, get better uh, basically at uh, as uh, the sh- the whole series. Uh, keeps going so just keep watching an awesome show for its uh, time and then of course he uh, also mentioned today's uh, generation thanks too hard it's a kid show for japan so yeah definitely i mean what they accept there in japan for their children anyways is is a lot more than what you're gonna find over here even though one could argue looking back on some cartoons in the 80s and 90s that it's kind of interesting how they let certain things go, but not to the degree that the Japanese uh, let go, not just in decades past, but even today. So, um, mm-hmm. with that being said, episode nine, titled The Terrifying, and I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so I'm going to do the best. Uh, Nezubiran? Mine is titled Beware the Giant Rat, Part One Sudden Fear. Beware the Giant Rat. <laughs> all right so tell us what happens here yeah so uh episode nine starts out with um a family in a small uh, japanese village and uh i would say just about a minute or so it gets uh uh some mysterious creature you you only just hear uh the screeching noise and wreaks havoc upon this village and then we get to see uh the pollution g-men team uh, traveling out in the uh, uh, the countryside of Japan there. And uh, Joji, Rita, and I forget the one guy's name, get uh, uh, turned off in uh, one route, uh, basically not going the same route as uh, the head guy of uh, the team itself there. And they pretty much sort of get lost. Uh, travel over this uh, one bridge, uh kind of uh in this one ravine and you can tell with the the shot how it was uh, made you know that there's gonna something something's gonna happen with the bridge later on and you um basically that's the case so spoilers on that one there <laughs> and uh, they stumble upon this uh, village where you see this uh farmer just uh going nuts with a rifle <laughs> or a shotgun um uh, that was just <laughs> like at least at least maybe a minute worth of shot where you just see him going in different areas, like different shots of him in different 
angles, like just yelling, running towards something there. It's like, and then uh, I sketch. (laughs) And then they uh, stumble upon this uh, one woman where they were looking inside a a house, which she was kind of bumbling around, but then just suddenly drops dead. (laughs) And then they look around and then they spot this. Uh, two-headed uh, giant rat, which somehow can fly. <laughs> you know what? Because I've seen a, a couple of different Ultraman series. I've seen Ultra Q. I've seen uh, Iron King. I mean, I've seen enough Tokusatsu to where it's like, like, look, dude, this isn't even the craziest. I'm a writer. Like monster or villain <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, you get to see uh, Doctor Gore and Karas uh, in this episode. I think they only were around for about a couple or so minutes, and then they uh, create a uh, artificial uh, storm uh, for uh, just concentrated around the specific uh, village. And then you had a bunch of lightning, rain, and all that. And uh, and then some of the lightning uh, explodes, destroys uh, the this uh, bridge that goes in between this huge uh, ravine there. And then you had the leader, along with a couple other guys of the uh, Pollution G team, uh, come right up to this uh, bridge that was destroyed that's in this uh, ravine. And then they uh, uh, also spot this two-headed uh, rat uh, kaiju that was Nizubiron. also uh, chasing. Yeah, is is a be on? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm just calling it a giant two-headed rat. You can call uh, it Nezu. in this one here, um, where they were. It was chasing. Uh, Joji, uh, Rita, and the other guy. They had uh, spotted this injured kid in this house, and they were sort of trapped by this uh, giant rat. Uh, And then it was trying to get in, you know, eating the roof and everything. And then they uh, escaped from this uh, house and they go into this cave. I like this part where uh, the guy says, I'll, I'll run to uh, distract the giant rat or whichever. And then Joji is like, I need to get out of here so I can get in contact uh, with overlord and all that. And then the guy was about to go and <laughs> Joji just bitch slaps the guy unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has some crazy stuff in it. <laughs> what a, I I liked some of the dialogue in this uh, episode. There was one point where I, I can't remember. I think it might have been Joji where the Nizubiron was uh, chomping away at the roof of this one cottage, and he was saying it thinks it's a piece of cheese. And I'm like, then that's one stupid rat because that's not <laughs> cheese. And then there was one where the boss of the the climate uh, organization is like, oh man, it's like midnight. And then one of his uh, employees says, no, but it's only 4.30. And then the boss responds, I know that you fool. (laughs) 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 It's 
It's like, I mean, was this be, intentionally written to be funny? Or I don't know, but it could be like around the winter time where it gets dark at around that time. <laughs> I know that you fool. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. I <laughs> but but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you get this um, sort of weird uh, chase scene. After Joji makes a run for it, he drives in the car and like you see uh, sequences where he does donuts around this uh, muddy uh, dirt construction uh, area here. And he's like, oh, I think I lost it. <laughs> oh, it's <can> fly too. <laughs> it's like some Will Ferrell stuff going on there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, okay – as, as silly as some of the stuff we've talked about so far have been, my favorite by far of this episode and so far of this series has been when you have Joji, Rita, and the other guy in the car. And they're like supposed to be driving over rough terrain. Oh, I think I think I know where you're going with this one. And I and I noticed this too. Just uh, one just the one little Why don't you thing tell him? <laughs> is that uh, when you see them kind of uh, supposedly going over the dirt road in some of the scenes when while they were driving, you can tell it towards the uh, one of the corners. Uh, I would say Joji's right shoulder, right corner. Yeah, uh, Joji's right shoulder. They see the same tree in the background, but you don't see it moving. <laughs> Nope, that's 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 the one <laughs> one production oopsie. <laughs> it's just a bunch of guys on the outside shaking the car. I mean, yep. that's all it is. And I'm going, oh, guys, did nobody see that tree? I mean, it's just. <laughs> I know there's some instances too. I think it was uh, in some of the past episodes. Um, I would say in the first few, and then I'm sort of guessing in, in sort of a handful of other episodes, or I'm probably thinking of uh, one of the common Rider episodes that you can see uh, the cameraman and some of the other staff. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when there's bright sun, you can see their shadow. <laughs> well, yeah, we the, when we talked about the batch of common Rider episodes about three weeks ago, I had mentioned in one of the episodes that involved sunglasses. They did mm -hmm. one or two close-up shots at the very beginning of the episode, and you could see the film crew in the reflection of the sunglasses, which, yeah, to me, that's an oopsie. But to me, that's not funny necessarily. It's kind of slightly cringeworthy. But the car staying in place, <laughs> and then you have a tree <laughs> in the right shoulder, and you know that to me is funny. <laughs> I mean, they they should have seen that because you know, particularly in post production, you would should have at least have seen that, or at least have some kind of uh, technology on hand with it being made. I forget uh, what specific uh, studio. Uh, did Spectre Man. Um, Fuji uh, Television Network. And then it says P Productions. So I don't know how wealthy P Productions was at the time, but I know with Fuji Television as one of the major networks over in Japan, you would think they would ha at least have some kind of money or technology to maybe do a little bit of touch up. 
in that area. <laughs> Again, it, it all goes back to what we even kind of said at the top of this show in that when it comes to Japanese TV series and more specifically this type of TV series, um, it goes all the way back to Ultraman. I don't know how accurate it is for shows of today, but for the 60s, 70s, I think even in the 80s, it was, okay, you sign a contract with a network for X amount of episodes, but then you're supposed to get them done by a certain time, which means that you're literally working on anywhere from one, if not multiple episodes, just even in a Gimba day, uh, because you're, you don't have a whole lot of time to put stuff together. And I'm- I, there have even been multiple shots where maybe they'll f- shoot in a similar location, but maybe a small bit apart from one another. And so they're going to shoot sequences for the one episode, and then they'll move over here to shoot sequences for another. The production time for these types of shows is very, very short. I mean, it's because it, I've read part of uh, A.G. Superi's biography by August Rigoni, and it's very stress-inducing because you're trying to make sure you follow through on this contract. Otherwise, I don't know, maybe you don't get the funding anymore, and I, I don't know exactly what the punishment would be. But um, I'm, I'm certain it's probably sort of still that way uh, today, especially from when I've been seen in uh, the recent Ultraman shows. I'm I'm assuming that they're already starting to go into production with the next series for Ultraman to be released for next year with Ultraman Decker uh, start uh, already being broadcasted since uh, middle of uh, July, just a few months ago, and it's going to be uh, uh, wrapping up as far as uh, the streaming or broadcasting. I, I think towards the end of the year and then um and then i think next year they're gonna early next year they're gonna start announcing the next uh ultraman for it to start uh broadcasting around the same time in july basically every year it's so it's always been been that way for as long as i can remember for the past several years they're they're doing significantly fewer episodes now than they were mm-hmm. doing back in the day. Okay? Well, I, th- I would and say they're... for for the reasons that it's they put a lot more uh, visual effects into it this time, which means it takes more time. To, yeah, compared to during those times. Exactly, that's my point. Is that instead of doing fifty four episodes or whatever, they're doing like twelve, and then. Those 12, yeah, you film maybe over a period of three to four months, something like that. Well, they're still kind of here. Still, still kind of quick, but a bit more doable, but you're not done done. Whereas here, you have to be done done by like one or two days with everything. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, fewer episodes, but yeah, still kind of a short film progress, but you're not completely done. We're giving you 365 days to finish everything. And so it is different now. It, technically, they are giving them more time to do mm-hmm. it. Back in 71 and 72, not so much. <laughs> you know, it's like they, I think this time around, with it being as far as making things a little bit different, they do it a year ahead of time. Whereas back then they had to do it. 
they get a short notice and then have to do it within a certain amount of time. Yes. Kind of like with some of the Godzilla films, I'd say with, uh, with the success of uh, Gojira in 1954, you had basically within six months, you had the sequel come out where they had a very short amount of time to do. Yeah. Well, and again, that was a quick cash grab. I mean, you saw it with Son of Kong. Stop motion. They had that thing out within and six then, months after the original Kong. <laughs> and then with the 10th anniversary of Godzilla, you had not only uh, Mothra versus Godzilla, but also uh, Ghidra, the three-headed monster, come out at the same time. And I think they did those movies, I would say, simultaneously with short amount of time. Well, yeah, that 64 is a year in which you had Honda do three films. You had Mothra versus Godzilla. Then I think it was um, Dogura came next, and then it was Ghidra. And as you watch, if you watch the movies in that order, you see them progressively get worse. Because, yeah, the, the timetable is so short. Like Honda literally was moving from one science fiction movie to the next, and – he, he used, um, for example, Hiroshi Koizumi in all three of those films. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like you're literally moving around, having to quickly put together. Aji Superai and his crew, of course, are quickly moving around and trying to get things put together. Okay, we're done with Mothra versus Godzilla. Now we got to quickly get some things put together so we can do Dogger. Oh crap! Now we're going back to Godzilla. Let's like, you know, focus on that. Yeah, I mean, it was very fast, haphazard, and a mess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, at least this time around, in the modern day sort of sense, they, I think they sort of learned their lessons on those uh, things with the ups and downs so they kind of do things a little bit more as a year in advance uh, sort of thing uh, sort of doing the same things but yeah a year and ahead but let's let's uh, dive right back into <laughs> Spectre Man here I think we were getting Wait, uh, <laughs> uh, sidetracked uh, uh, from what we were discussing about but uh, yeah as I mentioned as far as uh, the giant rat chasing uh, Joji and that weird looking car scene and all that uh, evidently uh, Joji finds the uh, nebula or overlord and uh, overlord uh, orders him to defeat uh, the giant rat here as specter man uh, confronts uh, the kaiju uh, severs the two heads uh, and then Joji turns back into him his normal self thought he beats uh, the giant rat but it generates uh, the heads again and that's sort of where uh episode nine leaves off so we're gonna see more of uh i don't know what's the the rat's name in uh episode 10 probably nezubiron i would assume (laughs) just just nezubiron (laughs) but yeah i do uh, like this episode i mean i guess i might as well go into the final thoughts because we've already done a fair amount of discussion on it but um, although with uh, quite a bit of uh, sidetracking <laughs> well we were trying to put context to something but yeah. um, um some of that stuff to my notes here i'll just kind of go off the cuff again like i did with the last episode uh, i'm i enjoyed it again it's reminded me an awful 
pull out of the classic Ultraman and the Johnny Sacco stuff. And to me, that's a very good thing. That means it's a show that is a lot of fun and it brings back very good memories. I still look at that original 65 Ultraman series as the best tokusatsu I have seen so far in terms of TV series. And there have been some other good ones. I mean, we had fun with Iron King. Uh, Iron King, though, definitely was incredibly flawed, but it was still fun in its own way. Yeah, it Uh, was the first first five or six episodes where it didn't it was sort of the same way that uh, specter man was going the first few episodes and then they found finally found their footing and then it just got really exciting from there yeah and i've seen super super robot red baron uh red baron is fun but it to me is not it doesn't quite have some of the charm that the original Ultraman has. Ultra 7 to me is a mess. It's got good effects, but I, other than that, I can't really say I, I enjoy the series. I found it to be very frustrating to, to go through. And, um, you know, there's just been a few others that I've watched. Some I've enjoyed quite a bit, others not so much and this thankfully is starting to go into the realm of that original ultraman series and like i've said a couple times so far this episode i am really hoping that this continues that this trend continues for the show because um i have been a a little frustrated with the series not overly frustrated but just enough to where i'm kind of getting a little anxious about it kind of like okay when are you gonna figure this out and Episode 9 and really this whole block of episodes is really well done. And, and I don't mean well done in that it's high quality writing and filmmaking. No, it's it's high quality in that it's entertaining. And that's what I want out of this sort of thing. I want to be entertained even though there may be some stupid stuff in it. And in fact, at times that stupid stuff can add an extra element of fun to it. And like Karis pushing people's heads into their body once again. Always going to go back to that. <laughs> and, Although um, he hasn't done that for the last several episodes. <laughs> he's only done that once, and I'm sure he probably won't do it again, sadly. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, this whole block has been entertaining. I really hope it continues. This was a fun episode. I liked the Nezubiron. The death of Nezubiron was gruesome, um, which, again, is fun. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, we saw some gruesome deaths with Ultraman and, and some of the other tokusatsu shows we've covered and discussed. I gave this one an A. I think it's fun episode. Uh, the the, uh, the the car staying in place while having people on the outside bounce it around. Hilarious. I, I mean, I like that so much. And, you know, I, I can't help but to, but to laugh with it and to have fun with it as a result yeah with this uh episode nine it sort of feels a, uh, a little bit the same as uh, episode seven but without overlord trying to make any su- suggestions of uh, sacrificing anybody <laughs> this time around so at least uh at least that's a sort of a sort of a change here, sort like uh, what? Yeah, uh, we didn't talk about the overlords this time. <laughs> like uh, what Dwiggins uh, uh, mentioned about earlier with the overlord uh, getting better uh, over time. So, fingers crossed. Even though I've watched this uh, many years ago, I it's again it's been long ago, so I've sort of forgotten <laughs> how s- some of the things have turned out. But um, we'll have we'll have to go from there. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's a little bit the same as episode seven. Although I kind of, I sort of felt myself uh, sort of lingering off a little bit and doing a little bit of uh, things while the the episode was going. So I don't know if it was uh, just me because it seemed like I think it is. Uh, uh, parts of uh, middle of the episode like it sort of felt a little bit boring uh at times How particularly when there's were... so much goofiness to be had like <laughs> yes yes there was... is some goofiness but for some reason it just felt like there uh, not a whole lot going on oh uh, i disagree in the, of, in the, in the uh, middle of the episode compared to uh the first uh two episodes that we've uh, discussed uh, today. But uh, at least the good thing is that uh, no overlord sacrificing anybody here. Um, and at least uh, get to see uh, the giant rat getting killed off, but then regenerating its head to uh, continue on in uh, part two for episode 10 for uh, next time. So, um, with that said, I'm going to at least uh, give episode nine a B. Oh man, I to me this is probably my favorite Spectre Man episode so far. I just <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think there's a lot going on here. And as uh, Dwiggins here, he's mentions that uh, Space Giants and Johnny Sacco is in his flying robot are great. Grew up uh, with those shows. And everything so yeah I, um if you, you watch our if you watch our reviews on uh johnny sacco and his flying robot that we've done a couple of years ago i would suggest uh, watching that and i know we um, mentioned about uh space giants i would i think kent uh mentioned more about them but uh one of these days i would like to get you, around to it i gave you one of my um Space Giants collection, so that is something we could do. Yeah, um, I do have that. I did. It was either an eighteen or seventeen. Um, I dabbled in the first maybe four episodes. It was a Space Giants. It was hard to tell because the um, the collection I gave you did not have any chapter separations or anything like that. It it just was one long continuous thing of space giants and you could maybe tell where episodes ended and then began it but it wasn't clear so i did watch it for a little while uh, but i got a little tired of it simply because the dvds of it that i had didn't separate them it just kept going and mm -hmm. there was nothing that authoritatively said okay, this episode is done, now we're starting a new one, etc. So that is one I do want to go back to. But yeah, technically I did watch like the first three or four episodes of that four or five years ago. And what I did like was fun and good. It's just, just the copies of the DVDs I had were not the best in terms of separating everything out was the yeah, problem. My, my Spectre Man DVD isn't quite as good either i mean one of these days i'll have to bring my dvd over and show you the uh, the title screens and the, the chapter screens you can even show <laughs> it's, me it's with it's, your computer <laughs> well i would i would have to show it on my tv because i only have a, a dvd drive or anything on this computer i would need a external drive but uh yeah i should at least 
uh, take a picture of it and show it to you. <laughs> You'll be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, my Spectre Man DVDs are actually really good. I mean, I, it's pretty good quality stuff, so I don't have that yeah, problem. Thankfully. I would say I would say mine is on a whole other level. <laughs> I can imagine because guess what? If it's anything like the Space Giant ones that I gave you, I know exactly where it's going. Like I, I know where it's going. But yeah, it's, uh, thank you so much, D Wiggins, for uh, oh, there's a channel where Space Gi- separate episodes remastered. Oh, remastered. Might have to check that out because, um, yeah, the new set of DVDs I got, the, I could tell the picture is a little bit better, but it's not night and day better, but it is better. Yeah, I think the one that you gave me, I think I might have seen it a few so years ago um, that I think uh, – I believe it was okay at times. It's it good twice. enough. Yeah. It's similar to Spectre Man. I mean, my spec the quality of the episodes, um, two or three of the episodes of my Spectre Man here were not the best. Like the movements of the characters were kind of choppy, like they would move, but then you would get this weird chop effect as they would move. I had and it was hard in, to watch at points. At, in my uh, common rider DVD that I have, I would say there was at least one or two episodes where it was practically screen captured off of another um, uh, software. You can definitely tell because you can tell the window border around the software that was coming from a Mac <laughs> computer because you you can definitely tell you know the the whole software programs with the border around it. If you're on a Mac, it has the close, minimize, and then expand buttons on one of the top corners. <laughs> That's interesting. I have not run into that with mine. I Yeah, I think it was just one or two episodes. And I haven't seen it since. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then one of the episodes with the, the subtitles, you know, that they're baked in. They're baked. In. I think it was in the 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 opening title where they do the subtitle for the uh, like the songs and everything. Uh-huh. Different. Instead of the like the actual italic uh, text and everything, they had them in the bracket eyes, whereas the HTML for standing for italic. <laughs> I had them. Um, I had them with italics. Then I've also had them in blue. And then I've also I, had them in the HTML brackets as well. I've yeah. had like three different ones for, for like <laughs> like most most of my uh, subtitles so far were in white color, but in the I think just in that one specific episode with, with the the uh, the intro, it was green for some reason. <laughs> so was Common Rider green when the bomb blew up and then the wind from the bomb hit his turbine belt and turned the common rider i don't know <laughs> have to do an experiment but with that uh is there anything else you want to add there yeah uh if you like what we're doing and if you're watching us on uh, and thank you so YouTube. much for joining us d wiggins we like having you and everybody else join us <laughs> and and for for getting uh, um, 
cut off there. <laughs> uh, if you if you watch thank us on, you for uh, joining us. <laughs> if you watch us on uh, YouTube or anything, make sure to smash that like button as well as if you see the uh, the red subscribe button down below, make sure to hit that uh, subscribe button down below so you can get. Uh, notifications as well as hit that notification bell to make sure to know whenever we uh, broadcast live uh, or upload any new videos in the future and then uh, you can find us everywhere uh, even all in one place at our link tree uh, page there link tree forward slash daikaiju network and as far as video platforms besides youtube we're also on uh, twitch and facebook live where we stream uh, live at the same time at those places and then as far as rumble uh our episodes that we stream live are available there uh the following day and then we have our audio versions of our uh, episodes on uh, audio platforms such as spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as tune in and we both have uh, video and audio versions of our uh episodes um over our own website at daikaijunetwork.com website that other than podcasts we never really update with new content <laughs> <laughs> well we tried to uh add some uh bit of different content on there but that's uh, just mainly our uh episode archive <laughs> i mean i you know we got to store these somewhere yeah <laughs> and that's kind of where our audio versions of the podcast uh get broadcasted out is through our website so yeah all right, with that, thank you so much for listening or watching us, and we will be back in a couple of weeks to do another batch of three Common Rider episodes, and hopefully we will have some more fun with those. All right. Catch you guys in a couple of weeks. 